Hello and welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. Today I'm joined by Peter Cancel, who's our Information Officer, um, and recently we were invited to the NEC in Birmingham to the TCT show, um, and specifically to speak to an organisation called Create Education. And this event was all about 3D printing, and, and the event is around sort of design and manufacturing and innovation. Um, so it was a really interesting thing to go along to, and Peter and I both went um, together. And so, Peter, why don't you give us a little bit of an idea about how NAEP gets involved in these sorts of events and, and what you thought of the overall experience for us yeah I, we we got invited by by create education to to come and see them at at the show we were knocked out by the vast array of different things that were there um, but it was a really exciting opportunity to to look at what i believe our children in our schools need to know about and we've been you know 3d printing's been around for quite a long time and so it was it was an opportunity to see what how it moved on and how approachable it was for schools and that was really the the, the, the thought that we were following so what you're going to hear next are, are two interviews that we did actually at the event from people involved in Create Education. Um, and they'll tell you a little bit about their involvement, the kind of um, structure and education support they've got, as well as the practicalities of, of how you get a 3D printer into your school and how you can embed it as part of your curriculum and, and get every child within your school excited about what's available as a, as a 3D printer and how it can work for them. So these two interviews are from Create Education. Hello, and today we are at the NEC, and I'm with Paul Croft, who's the director from Create Education. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be here. So let's start off. Can you give us a bit of history about what Create Education is and your role in it and and how it's um, affecting the world of education? I'd love to, yeah. I I suppose for context, it's important to understand that my mum, my dad, my stepmom, my stepdad are all teachers, as is my little sister. So I'm the odd one out in the family by not actually working in a classroom environment. But that really gave me an insight as to how much of a challenge and opportunity there is when embedding new technology. That was why we started Create Education. What we did was we went to the extended network that my parents had and said, why are the barriers for adopting technologies? And we weren't just talking about 3D printers, we were talking about iPads and PCs, etc. And what we stumbled on was a theme reoccurring it was about teacher confidence it was about reliability and support it was about being part of a community also being able to get the resources that you need and then of course economic barriers we used that as an acronym and that spelt community reliability education access teachability and economics gave us the create strategy and we've been living it every day since fantastic and, and how long have you been going well, we set the project live in February 2014, but at the time it was part of another company I run, Ultimaker GB. Um, since the success of the project, we've actually been able to step it out as an independent organisation, which removes some of the scepticism that it's about selling 3D printers, which it absolutely isn't. It's about igniting people's passion for lifelong learning, making sure that they've got access to STEM or STEAM learning opportunities. And yeah, 3D printing facilitates that, but by being tethered to a manufacturer, we were running into barriers of scepticism. By not being tethered, by being totally agnostic we're in a position where the products that we recommend are recommended for the right reason so that teachers can get the learning outcomes they are after and um, we were chatting before about um, that just inspiring children to you know to do whatever it is that they want to do and obviously 3d printing and, and that new technology which is coming in sounds incredibly exciting but 
not something you see every day in schools. So can you just tell us a couple of examples of the experience you've had when they've actually had the opportunity to take part with 3D printing? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm hopefully one day every school will have them, but there's necessarily a big, curve, big learning curve to go through for suppliers and for people in education. In terms of stories, then, I have a favourite story, if you don't mind me sharing it. We call Absolutely. it the Connor case. So I can paint you the picture. Myself and my business partner went in to do our first demonstration in the, one of the local high schools, and unfortunately it didn't go very well. We um, picked a poor table to do the demonstration on. My business partner sliced his finger open. So it was just catastrophe after catastrophe. Anyway, luckily, thanks to the network that my uh, stepfather had provided, we were invited back in to do it in front of a group of pupils. We set the printer going. We saw immediately every single child in the classroom came running towards the printer and not asking the question, that adults ask about cost and how it works etc straight into what can I make can I do this can I do that really exciting really engaged all apart from one lad and Connor sat quietly in the corner not interested despite the best efforts of myself and my business partner to say come and have a look at this it's the first 3d printer in the local area he was not interested what changed him was the crescendo of noise that his peers had as the 3D print was finishing. We simply printed a 3D printed cup with a love heart on the side and the kids were like, oh my God, this is amazing, this is phenomenal. At this point, Connor stood up and being one of the big lads, he elbowed everybody out of the way and gave us a rather begrudging, yeah, this is pretty cool. Now I speak to teachers all the time who are struggling to get engagement in the classroom and truly inspire people. Well, here we have a way of doing that via technology, which doesn't have to cost a fortune. The magic of that story doesn't stop there because Connor and actually, because the software was free and open source, they were using SketchUp. They combined that with Ultimaker Cura, which again is a software that converts the CAD design into a 3D printable file. He went home and designed his own door handle, came back into school, used the free printer that we were loaning to the school and said, Miss, please can I print this? Fast forward a couple of months and we saw the teacher who'd been involved at another event and she came over and hugged us and said, thank you so much, you've changed Connor's life. And we said, why, Joan, what's happened? And she said, I've had maths, English and science teachers coming and saying his behavioural issues have disappeared because Conrad found meaning for himself within education. Now, for me, as somebody who comes from an education background, indirectly from my, from my parents, this is why they went into teaching. They wanted to inspire people to lifelong learning. I think the current technology suite that we've got in front of us now gives us a new opportunity to reinvigorate people. I mean, there, there are lots of stories of, you know, schools being able to use iPads and video in podcasting and, and recording in all sorts of ways to do that and, and uh, I think when children start to understand that these are all tools to get them where they want to go you just give them the opportunities to experience as many things as they possibly can something will spark that imagination and it's this kind of in this kind of ingenuity really and these sorts of inventions which are just a, able to do that and um, so tell us how how you're getting involved in schools and how schools can actually sort of be part of this kind of new world Absolutely. We, we have a strategy whereby we wanted to build local communities as well as having a national reach. So we work closely with hub schools, you know, who have an open door policy. They'll provide access for people within their local network, feeder schools or also industry partners. But a key part of our strategy is a free loan scheme. We recognize that budgets are a little bit of a challenge in a lot of institutions. So we've invested in a stock of 3D printers, which the schools can have for free. No obligation whatsoever. The only caveat to that is that they have to tell us what they've done with it. They have to give us some feedback, good or bad. It allows us to re continually re-improve our offering. It allows them to persuade some of the bursars and decision makers at school. This is a, a necessary investment. But also, really excitingly, what it does, it gives us something that I talk about all the time, which is social proof. It allows us to say, look, if kids have access to this technology, 
then they are inspired and their learning outcomes improve. And we're just now getting to the stage where we've got some important empirical data in the form of exam results to substantiate that beyond just our anecdotal case-by-case basis to now start putting that together. And if I was a teacher in a classroom and I was looking for a way to inspire people, activate STEM, STEAM learning opportunities, also develop the soft skills around new technologies, which is what employees are craying out for, then 3D printing is a great place to start. And what is it about the, the, the perception of, of cost, you think, which puts people off, like you say, because if you can have it on a loan scheme that's free, I mean, there might be some people thinking, oh, it's going to cost me 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 pounds. We were chatting before that it starts at a few hundred, depending on the, where your entry point is going to be. Exactly that. And we've taken it upon ourselves to try and pick the right product so that cost isn't a barrier. Obviously, the free loan schemes are foot in the door. People get to have the genuine learning outcomes and can see the value that that offers. But we also recognize that not every school is going to have 50 pounds for an Ultimaker so we've selected other products that come in a lot more cost-effective solution perhaps don't have the accuracy and the industry play that the Ultimaker offers but it's about giving people access and if costs are barrier then it's down to us to make sure we remove some of those barriers interestingly on that note one of the things that we've done is support a lot of the fab labs and maker spaces that are around the UK you know more and more we're hearing about personalized learning we're hearing about people at all tiers of education wanting to take ownership of their own learning and development well part of that has been able to access it. The internet's a wonderful treasure trove of resources, but as is the way with 3D printing, sometimes you need to physically interact with this stuff. Being able to go to a makerspace and talk to somebody who shares your passion, can talk about how they apply it in their job and why they're so passionate about what they do, then that's really engaging for a student. And if that's on their local doorstep and visible, thanks to the Create Education platform, then I feel like we're making some improvements. And in terms of what you can actually print through a 3D printer, we've seen some amazing things when we've been here today, but we talked about the whole cross-curricular idea. You know, I've seen things from sort of dinosaurs, we talked about pyramids, and there was even sort of parts of um, engineering and almost like an engine-related thing as well. I mean, how it really can be as diverse as you can imagine it to be, really. It literally can. One of the expressions we used in the early days was imagine it, make it, and I think that's a really inspiring hook for people in education. There are people within the 3D printing industry that are over-promising, you know, we're not at the point yet where we're printing functional computers or iPhones yet so to say we're printing anything is a misnomer but as you rightly point out you can pretty much only be limited by your imagination the project that you guys have seen today is uh, one that we're doing with the Bloodhound um, initiative so we've got the children designing using Autodesk software 3D printing on an Ultimaker designing wheels they're talking about basic physics principles in terms of mass and acceleration and so on and so forth and yet that's all being done through almost through osmosis because what they're really doing is trying to make the balloon car race as fast as they possibly can that for me is inspiring learning they will remember this stuff for the rest of their life just as I mentioned to you when we first met I can remember building a matchstick tower when I was 15 all those years ago and and, and, and age is an important factor, isn't it? You know, like you say, there, there are lots of people within the secondary school age group that are able to do these things. And we sort of think maybe it's pitched it there, but actually it starts much younger than that. And it starts in primary schools and they've got access to this sort of thing as well. Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, I'm really blessed by the team that I have who support me. And uh, one of my team has actually come from a primary school background. She's still a governor to this day. And she said exactly that. One of the first things she identified is, look, let's get these hearts and minds early. And we've worked with industry partners to try and make sure we've got the right software solutions, that we've got the right level of support, but also that we're generating social proof amongst this tier of education so that the primary schools don't need to be fearful. 
one of the great stories that's happened just in the last few weeks, the local primary school took one of our loan units in. Again, as we mentioned before, no cost, so they were just excited to get it in there. The kids were so blown away by what happened. They did a fun run and had a non-uniform day and generated a couple of thousands of pounds to generate the printer themselves. Now, you and I both know that printer's not going to sit in a dark corner getting dusty because the kids have effectively bought it themselves. So what could be a better way to prove engagement in a classroom setting than to have kids doing entrepreneurial activities to buy the equipment that they need to be able to inspire their own lifelong learning and and technology moves on fast i mean the other day um i was teaching in a drum lesson and um and one lad came in and he said oh he said do you remember those sort of round things that were like evan he's obviously about eight or nine so his old world is downloadable and i said oh what you mean a record he said no a cd (laughs) (laughs) and i was like that really is changing and it really a really fast old now as well uh, but the, the kind of the point is is that you know Children will just take this as part and parcel of, you know, it is what I do. I have a 3D printer at school. It's exactly what I want to be doing and how I want to do it. There isn't that barrier there for them. It's just a question of giving them the opportunity just to to run with their ideas and their creativity as as a real starting point. 100% and I think what was key to us developing the Create Education project in the early days was a real empathetic stand with teachers you know my parents gave me a genuine insight into that and teaching's really difficult you know it's something that's become harder and harder with all the metrics and stuff that's there so just to stay up to date with the technology never mind work out how that's going to be delivered in a classroom setting is is a really big task so we realized that the teachers are the gateways everything we do is about supporting the teachers helping them have the tools that they need to be able to do their job to their best of their abilities because looking at it selfishly from a, as a parent myself then I want great teachers to still take pride in their job I want my teachers I want my children to be taught by people who are passionate about what they do because I think that passion is in, infectious and contagious and by having that passion at an early age the whole world becomes a possibility rather than a chore and I think you, what you said there is really important in terms of supporting the teachers because you know, we've had a great inspiring day here and there's so much going on. But I know that if I had to go into a classroom tomorrow and sort of think about this, how practically I'd do it, that would be quite tricky. So just explain a little bit about the, sort of the whole setup in terms of being able to get hold of a printer compared to the great education and that support they get and, and sort of the ongoing dialogue and support that teachers get so that they are able just to, we talked before about making a phone call just to get over an initial problem so that they feel that actually, you know, what you're doing is integral to everything that they're doing as well. It's not like a one-off purchase or a one-off experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, from our side of things, we wanted to be an extension of that teaching offering. We didn't want to be the organization that sold a box and forgot about you and moved on to the next thing. We'd heard horror stories about some of our competitors who'd supplied technology and it was just literally left going dusty. Now, that's mis- misspent budget that could be used in other areas to generate learning outcomes. It's something that, from my side of things, is almost a sin. So what we've tried to do is make sure that not only have you got access to the technology in terms of the software and the hardware but also that you're in a position to get the ongoing um, curriculum resources that you need that you've got social proof via our blog from people seeing what other teachers are doing that's a great way of driving adoption but also we're striking new partnerships so we're bringing things into the equation like purple mash that we've talked today like the autodesk software that we're doing and we're trying to um, bring together an ecosystem so that the teachers can go into this with confidence. One of the things that's consistently been uh, great feedback that we've received is, look, things are going to go wrong. They go wrong in a classroom all the time, particularly if you're using new technology. But the peace of mind that we offer by having a technical support offering sat there nine to five, Monday to Friday, with live ticketing and there's somebody on the end of the phone means that the teachers can do what they do best, which is get in there and inspire people. And 
what you said there about in terms of being able to see what's going on. So where's the best place for them to go online and actually have a look at all these things and get a real flavour for what's involved? Uh, just you can search Create Education Project or even better, just go on www.createducation.com. You'll find everything there. We've got everything from primary, second, HEFE resources. We've got the blog, like I say. We have a whole network of um, community partners, Fab Labs hubs, where you can actually go and see this in, uh, in, rea in real life. But then, of course, as we're here today, you could also come to some of these really inspiring events and have a, an immersive experience doing live 3D printing, live 3D design, and then go and see car parts and aerospace parts in situ being developed in the jobs that you're probably going to want to go into tomorrow. So um, check out the website. It's a great place to start or obviously find us on social media too. Great. I and mean, it's a really exciting time, I think, for children who can really feel like that. And I think from a workforce point of view, you know, these children are actually using the skills that they're going to be using in the workforce as well. And I think being able to combine the education and the business side of it, I think, is a really important factor of, of life moving on and how education will change over the, over the coming years as well. So um, congratulations on, on what I've seen today. It's been really inspiring from an educator and from a, um, a business point of view. Um, and I hope people go to the website and check it out. And, and we're going to chat some more in the future and maybe have a few projects that we can work on together to be able to, uh, to give people more support and more access to these things with a bit of, sort of background as well. So thanks very much for chatting, Paul. Thank you very much. Hello, and I'm now joined by Sonia Horton, who's part of the Create Education team. And I've just been witnessing her doing a workshop with some children that are actually part of the event here at the NEC. So welcome and thanks for chatting to us. No, no problem. Nice to meet you. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you've been doing with the children and what sort of um, education they've been covering today? So today's been a little introduction to 3D printing process. Um, we've had a little project where the students have been designing and 3D printing their own wheels for the Bloodhound balloon car, which is a nice little project kit, perfectly suitable for Upper Key Stage 2. And uh, the students have been introduced to some professional 3D modelling software. They've been designing some wheels with 3D printing them. And they're going to go back and race the cars back in school and have a little competition. Right, so it really is hands-on and it's also hands-on in a really real-life way because it's actually a real-life car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bloodtown project's great for inspiring um, the engineers of the future and they've got a brilliant education project with a programme with lots of free resources, perfect for schools. Um, and these children are slightly older in, in terms of secondary school, but you also do some work for primary education as well. Yeah, in fact, this project is perfect for Upper Key Stage 2. Um, the reason we're doing it with older children today is we're introducing them to some professional 3D modelling software by Autodesk, but they also have um, some software that's more suitable for primary. It was an introductory level software that offers them progression up to their professional level software that they're using in secondary schools. Um, so there are options for primary schools to get into this and actually inspire students earlier at a younger age. And, and what is it, do you think, about the actual whole process of 3D printing which grabs the imagination? Is it the fact you can actually see this thing being created? Is it that sort of almost tactile um, version of it? That's yeah, you know, I've had a 3D printer at home now for two years to develop projects for schools. And even now I find myself stopping and staring. And, and I work with it every day and the awe and wonder of my four-year-old and my six-year-old who are now a bit older now and, and, and working it with it themselves, it's, it, it never ceases to amaze. And actually, if you can grab people's attention like that and actually use it in a way that you can link it to the curriculum, um, you're going to inspire and educate and get everybody involved with what you're doing. Um, and it's a great way to teach the whole curriculum, but by actually having students use the creativity and make things to, to turn things into a reality. And I think that's a really big thing that's come across for us today is the fact that, you know, 
immediately people think about design and therefore the printing but it's the fact that actually it's across the curriculum you can use it in any way anything that you want to create something it doesn't matter what area the curriculum is in it's there for you to use yeah yeah i mean we've we've had like year four students designing um um personalized egyptian cartouches that go with our history project um but they've actually got something that they can make that they can take away and it's teaching the history and um, but using technology as well we've done um programming you know so we've got algorithm art project where we're using um, software like Scratch to program designs and 3D print them so it, it makes it physical it's not just on a computer screen you know we can do maths concepts with it so you can actually do the whole in fact even literacy you know we've got people designing characters and writing stories about the characters that they've made and 3D printing because they've got a real sort of tangible object that they can write about um, so across every area of the curriculum and all age ranges and it just brings the whole thing to life, doesn't it? It just it just makes it real and, like I say, tangible yeah. as, as, as an important and, part. And, you know, students just like things. They like to see the results of their endeavours and, and actually having a physical product that they can touch and see and feel. Um, you know, you can, you can bring everything to life more and it, it just inspires the technology, you know, but you can use it for anything. Um, teachers can use it for 3D printing models and resources. So, so for example, you've got um, the British Museum scanning its collections of artefacts. Well, you could download them for free and 3D print them in the classroom. So, you know, you've got the museum in your classroom and all the artefacts available for people to touch and feel. And, you know, manipulatives for maths, you can make and design your own. You can have year six students designing maths manipulatives that they can be using down in, in reception and at key stage one. And if you lose a part, well, guess what? You can just 3D print another part and it's not impacting on school budgets. And, you know, but you're involving all the students with the technology. And it really just sort of, I, I can feel your excitement coming through, which I absolutely love. And, and it's the fact that it's coming from everywhere. Like I say, that there's, in that analogy, there's, there's a museum involved, and, and, but it's in your classroom. You know, there's businesses using it and actually wanting to share the stuff that they're doing. And, and that sort of, in, sort of integration, really, of all areas of life, but then within the classroom and the external going out of the classroom, they sort of all, all become one, really. Yeah, I mean, 3D printing isn't just a fad like other technology. It's not going anywhere. You, you can only tell by looking around this show, you know, it's been used in aerospace, architecture, medicine, design, fashion. You know, whatever area these students are going to go into, when they leave school, 80% of the jobs that they'll go into don't exist now. But what you can guarantee is they will all be involved in 3D printing in one way or another. They'll all have one in their homes. You know, the way we shop will be changing. Um, it's going to impact them so much that... Actually so we've got to prepare them for these jobs as well that's out there and inspire them to be able to do these things. So by showing how 3D printing can be used across different subjects and, and getting those design skills up as well so that they can design and create their own things um, to solve the problems of the future as well. Um, as well as inspiring them and ticking some curriculum boxes along the way in a fun way. Um, what else do you want, you know? I think what you said there was really the most important thing is the fact that it's not a fad, it's here to stay. It's going to be an integral part of our lives in the home and in work. And, and it's just a great way then to introduce them to, introduce them to the future, but the future's now already. And if you could see it within the businesses and certainly in this, in this fair today, you know, the amount of different people that are just 
in the middle of this brand new thing which is just exploding and actually children should be right at the center of that in terms of like you say they're going to be the people that are going to be using it to design whatever in the future yeah exactly you know and we've got to equip them with the skills regardless of the current curriculum you know yes you've got to deliver the current curriculum but actually they need these skills they need to be learning them right now because they've got to take these jobs there's, there's companies now that cannot recruit um, apprenticeships because they can't get people with the skills leaving school now that situation's only going to get worse you know so you know seize the opportunity seize the technology there's resources out there there's support out there um, and you can still deliver your curriculum but you're just using the technology so you know it's like a win-win situation really absolutely and, and we've been talking generally um, today about maybe creating some some projects where we can actually see this happening in schools. So teachers who are thinking it's a really great idea, but I'm not quite sure how I would then go about it once it's happened. We're going to try and find some ways of actually being able to document some of this so we can actually see so the things that are available on the website and all the things which you've got available already and just expanding that as much as we yeah. possibly can. So already available for primary teachers who think, oh, maybe it's not for me, the technology is, I don't understand the technology, it's too much, I've got too much to do, I can't, haven't got time to learn this, I've not got time to develop projects we've already got um, a primary curriculum guide with a full skills progression from reception all the way up to year six which will allow you to deliver a project in each year we've got downloadable projects and resources so everything is there at your fingertips for free you can download it you haven't got access to a 3d printer you can borrow one for a month and try it out you can get access training and support there's lots of free professional development materials online as well as well as all the projects and then then there's also there's everybody that's already doing it uh, because they're sharing with the community their projects as well and their ideas so if you're stuck for an idea and you don't know what to do with a class and how to use the technology you can just, just find out what other people are doing and take that it's brilliant so it's literally all there for people to have they just need to I guess go to the website's the best place to start with and start exploring what's available from there. Yeah, definitely. The, the primary curriculum guide is the best place to start. You can download that. There's links then within the guide um, because it's an active PDF. You can link then to specific resources and download those resources and just take a look at them. You can edit them. You can change them to suit your classes and your needs. Um, but we've done a lot of the hard work because we've developed these resources. They've been trialed and tested in school with real students. Um, so we know what's gone wrong <laughs> and we've altered them and adapted them so that they will work in your classroom because um, we've had to learn from those mistakes. Um, so we've not just published something that may or may not work we know that they work because we've done it um, and we've tried it in, in classroom we've got real feedback and we've adapted and retried so that's fantastic and we're going to have links to all of these things on the show notes for the podcast so um, people can actually go and just click straight through all of that so that they'll be able to find all those things and and just get going with it which um and if i was a primary teacher this minute i'd be literally getting on the web straight away to try and find everything I can because you know what I've seen today is um, exciting for for everyone that's involved and, and I know the children that have been here doing it as well they all seem incredibly engaged and all really excited about doing it so I think you can't ask for any more than that no nope. lovely thank you so much for chatting to us today and, um, and and getting across your passion for these things and um, wish you really well for the rest of the workshops coming up all right thank you very much nice to speak to you so thank you to Paul and Sonia for sharing their enthusiasm for creative education and all things 3D printing. To find out more, um, go to the show notes page. And this podcast is hosted on the Education on Fire podcast network. Just go to educationonfire.com in the search bar, search 
create education and the page will come up and just click on the title and everything you need on the show notes and all the links and everything we've been talking about will be there for you to explore further thanks for listening and we look forward to chatting to you on the next podcast